Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here today in Studio C, whichever We are in goes. Studio C, because of circumstances. And I am with Pastor Nick Plummer. Thank God. We might have to be in Studio B, Well, because there's A, B, and C. Right. Studio B is our preferred studio, for sure. I thought Studio... Studio A is the office, where it's audio only. Oh, Studio A. Right. And then Studio B is, is where we normally are. On, and then C in, is the fellowship And then home. here we are in I Studio I want to make sure C. I got that correct. Yep. Yep. So right now, uh, Josiah, our worship leader, is uh, having a workshop with his, his Singers. team. Singers. Yeah, Singers. worship team. And they're, uh, they're doing that right now over there in the, the fellowship hall. So here we are. You know, we're doing it. We're doing it. We um, praise the Lord. We're here again. God is so good. We're late recording this week because... Uh, you know, somebody. I, Orlando, not gonna name, Chicago. Yeah, I've been all over the place. So, um, and I'll tell you what, I, the the report is not great <laughs> for the the status of we're the gonna world. We're going to talk about that a little bit out there. Okay, we'll we, get. There. We're going to work that in here. Okay, we'll work it in. So I'll, I'll throw you a softball. Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, we've, you know, this is Christians with Torah. If you're new to this, I appreciate okay. you guys being here. Um, we have been doing the Torah portions for the last four years. This year, we've been doing the Gospel of Matthew, and we are now all the way to chapter sixteen. Uh, and we're going to do the second half, verses 13 through 28. This but, is true. But if you want to do Torah portions and you're looking for inf- information on the Torah portions, each Torah portion, we've got at least four episodes on. So you can get four years worth of you know, stuff on what we thought at that time or whatever. And I'd have to go back and listen to those to even know, like, what do I think? You know, what do I think about this? What do I ask myself? You know, you're like, what do I think? So, so let's jump in. Chapter 16. Okay. Uh, Peter says Yeshua is the Messiah. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 17. Mm-hmm. Hit it. You want to read it? All right. So yeah. it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am the son of, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Wow. So what question did Yeshua ask his disciples when he came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi? He asked him, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, this particular area, Caesarea Philippi, was located several miles north of the Sea of Galilee in the territory ruled by Herod's son, Philip. The influence of Greek and Roman culture was everywhere, and pagan temples and idols abounded. Just to the north of this city was Mount Hermon. Right. So what a famous question. Who do you say that the Messiah is? Now, looking at this geographically speaking, it's very interesting. Um, as far as Mount Hermon, you know, there's skiing. Yeah. Snow. It's a high mountain to the north of Israel. Never been. This could possibly be a portal for spiritual activity. Oh, I would think there's a lot of evidence. Very, very interesting how we put some things in together, not just trusting every commentary, but looking at all of it. So in the book of Enoch, two hundred fallen angels called watchers descended on Mount Hermon. Mm. We haven't been same ever since. So something to think about. Yep. Um and I think that we can all agree if you do study uh, spiritual things uh, or spiritual realms um, or the paranormal, uh, portals are real. Oh, yeah. And you can actually see them in movies. Interdimensional movies, beings. Interdimensional things coming yeah. in and out. That's what CERN is all about. Oh, it's all yeah. about the occult and science. And science doesn't know what they're getting into. They're, uh, that's Pandora's box. It's not, it's not CERN anymore. But uh, that's a whole other thing you can look up later. They say that some of these things that have the Mandela effect for us today are be- because they're happening more and more is because of the CERN experiments. You know, like yeah. different logos that look different, like Kit Kat. With a, does it have a dash? Does it not have a dash? You know, like um, 
There's all these different things. Uh, the Monopoly guy, does he have a monocle or does he not have a monocle? You know, did he ever have a monocle? And you go look back, it's like, wait, I remember him having a monocle. He did. He doesn't have a monocle. So there's these weird things that the man, they call it the Mandela effect where people in a consciousness all remember a similar experience. They remember it. But then when they go and they look at the evidence, the evidence shows that it was never there. And so they're saying uh, that things like um, that things like CERN have caused like a, 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 a blip in the matrix. I want to write that down, the Mandela effect. The Mandela. It's very weird. So What he, about the gorilla that comes in the video that you never see? That's psychology. Um, yeah, I mean, there's something listen, to do with like, oh, look, you're watching something and you don't even notice the gorilla. Yeah. yeah but it's right, there. But it's there. It's kind of like everything we watch and hear and see. So, yeah. So let's let's move on. I mean, what, well, you, I, got, what, I just wanted to mention that the, this that Mount Hermon is at the northern tip of Israel, right at the headwaters of the Jordan. So um, where we're going to be talking, they're up on uh, a place that uh, they called it the gates of hell because the place was used for Baal worship. Uh, and that's why you mentioned in your notes here that there's all this pagan idolatry and stuff there, but they did child sacrifices there. Um, they did all kinds of weird stuff at this place because there's like a big cave entrance. That's right. And then the water comes out. Right. And, it, and it's the Jordan. And, and, the, people and you can were, literally like walk over the Jordan. people were hurling their children. Exactly right. Into the uh, cave. Right. And so you can... You can the God Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan. <laughs> okay. Interesting. No, the God Pan. Really? Yeah, it's the God Pan. Yeah, the false God Pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where you get Peter Pan. See, this is all these things are all tied. You don't in. don't mess up Peter Pan for me. I mean, I'm like, just saying. Know. I mean, I like the peanut butter. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the peanut butter. But you, you got to ask yourself, Peter Pan. Yeah, really, that's your last name. Yeah, I know your dad. Yeah, he wasn't good. Yeah, so I yeah. just can't get over that. I mean, child sacrificing, throwing your children at the, 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 the in this cave. Sure, it just bothers me. Yeah. Now, the, the King James is a good translation for when you're trying to read situations like this, where you're going to get into the next couple of verses, because of the these and the thous and the yous and the yees. And so just a quick thing is, thee and thou is singular for thou. So I'm talking to thee, right? Thou art, right? I, I'm, I can talk to an individual. That's good. If I'm talking to ye or you, I'm talking to a group or, or at least two or more ye, folks. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yep. Yep. So I just wanted to mention those two things because the question that's been asked here, the first question is, what is the popular opinion? They're asking, what are people saying? What's the popular opinion about who? Well, is it's, it's almost like a like he's taking a survey. Well, what is TMZ? What is, what is TMZ saying? You know, what this is, is, what is e Cause, cause, So, so what was the response of the disciples to Yeshua's question? So their response was, some like, who do you say, say that I am? Yep, so. Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some Elijah, or Elias, Isaiah. Interesting. I thought it was Elijah. Uh, a, and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Is he Elias Isaiah? Elias is uh, Elijah. Okay. I think Esaias is Isaiah. There's like a... Because here it says in my translation... Yeah, it's Elijah. It says Elijah. Yeah, I got to fix that. Yep. A little typo. A little typo. It's all good. So I found this interesting because I was asking myself um, if in this particular case, the people that they were referring to believed in reincarnation. Now that's, yeah, that's definitely something. That's actually something that was mentioned about Herod. He was all concerned well, think about, about Yeshua because he had John the Baptist correct, beheaded. Correct. And here's Yeshua operating in a certain way, and he's thinking, oh, is this guy reincarnated? But how do you, I mean, I don't understand how that works because, the, so the other thought is, is the actual, not reincarnation of somebody, meaning like another iteration or another instance of them. But the other thought process is that this is literally Elijah who didn't die, who went up into heaven on the chariots of fire, right? Or like maybe Enoch, other people that have didn't taste the physical death, right? But made it up somehow and, or other. But Jeremiah died, right? John the Baptist was beheaded and died. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus and John the Baptist were born six months apart. So how can you think this is John the Baptist, right? So these are little things where I was trying to figure out what is a contemporary belief? Because just like today, there's a whole spectrum of different things that people believe. It's like cafeteria, you know, Christianity. I want a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I'm going to leave that and leave that, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what they believed back then. There's a lot of mysteries. Because even, like, I think I know there's some Kabbalists that believe in reincarnation. I know that's probably not the, the generic Orthodox Jewish thought process of reincarnation. I don't think they believe in reincarnation, um, which I'm not 100% sure. It Somebody a, can email theory. me and tell me or it's put a, a theory. comment and let me know. It'll be good. It's a theory. Yeah. You know, um, 
The responses are in line with the popular messianic expectations held in Israel, arising from Old Testament predictions about a great prophet who was to come. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 19, and of course Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Uh, I'll tell you, Ryan, you know, where are the heroes of today? Mm-hmm. Where, where are the people that God is going to send in the last days that we should heed their voice? You know, like even in Revelation, the two witnesses. Yeah. You know, uh, and so what question did Yeshua ask the disciples for them to answer personally? So this is it. But whom do ye say that I am? Who say ye that I am? So he asks wow. the group. So this isn't, because yeah. I think that we immediately think he's talking to Peter, because Peter answers, right? He's got the disciples. But he's yeah. talking to the group of disciples. He says, who, who am I to you? Whom do you say Well, that's that so powerful. I mean, you think the biggest hurdle we've gotten over is that he is the son of God. He's God. Yeah. That's the biggest that's hurdle right. to get over. Of course, receiving him is, is the biggest hurdle. You but know what? In the movie, um, God's Not Dead 2. Have you seen that movie? Did we show that for like... Uh, we may moon? have. This is the one where the teacher you know, is in class or whatever, and somebody asks a question about Jesus, and she, you know, explains it or whatever. But with her attorney, she kind of confides in him why she believes. She gives her testimony. And she had seen a sign, and on the sign at that church she was walking by when she was in college, it said, who do you say that I am? Oh. And she said she felt like God literally asked her personally the question. And I truly believe that God is asking every one of us this question, that this is a a personal question. Who do you say that I am? Because you know, Jesus isn't all things to all people. It's, it's upon the Holy Spirit to implant on every individual who he is and to get that revelation because there's, there's academic knowledge. Oh, he's the Messiah. Oh, he was a know. great rabbi. Yeah, whatever. He was a good teacher. Whatever they people... He was a good Jewish boy. Yeah, good Jewish boy. But it's, it's incumbent upon the Holy Spirit to reveal the true nature of who Yeshua is to all of us that we would be humbled in, in the presence of God and understand who he is and what he's done for us, you know? You know, uh, and so what disciple responded back to Yeshua's question, and what did he say? So uh, so Peter was the one that responded, and it says here, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So just, just think about that. Don't even look at the deity, but he's the Christos. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. Yep. And he's the Son of God. That's right. Okay, so... so Yeshua is going to confirm this revelation. He says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, Matthew 16, 17. Yep. Now, Simon Barjona is Aramaic for Simon, son of Jonah. Simon has a natural father, Jonah, but his ability to confess Jesus came not from any flesh and blood source, but from the Father which is in heaven. Now, I just got a little download, a little thought. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I want to make this very clear that people understand what I'm going to share in this thought process. Inside the Dome of the Rock, hmm. it says that God begets no son. He ha- has, no, has son. no son. So that's the total opposite of right. the revelation that Peter got. Which, which I find interesting. Yeah. So that, that when Islam took over, you know, what, 600 A.D.? 780, somewhere around there. And then in the, I think somewhere around, somewhere in between there and a thousand. They started an empire, yeah. They created this thing uh, on, the, on the Temple Mount that they didn't, this wasn't uh, calling out the Jews, right? This was calling out Yeshua. You know, so, so some of the things that like prove his existence, you know what I mean? Meaning like the fact that it's the year 2022, you know. There's more manuscripts of him being historical person than oh, yeah. even any Roman emperor. So... Uh, Mike Cromwell brought this out, and I just thought it was really good. I, I really loved this connection because he says, Thou art the Christ, the Messiah, right? The Son of the living God. And what's interesting is when you get into Hosea chapter 1, and you get into verses like 8, 9, and 10, right before this, God has uh, pronounced judgment upon the northern kingdom, right? What Lo, reference are you using? Lo Ruhama, which is no mercy. Hosea uh, what? Hosea uh, chapter 1, I'm going to be in verse 10 here in just a sec. But then he also says, you're not my people. He says, Loami, right? The judgment is, you know, no mercy, not my people. Right. But then he says this. He says, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There it shall be said to them, you are the sons of the living God. And so he is the son of the living God. And how are we sons of the living God? Because of him. So we don't get this fulfillment of prophecy here until we get Yeshua. 
Boy, it's it's the biggest hurdle, isn't it? But when we get Yeshua, he calls us sons, right? We right. become it's a sonship. So this is what Paul's talking about with the slave, right? When he's talking about the law versus the 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 free person and the son and all this, we're not slaves, right? We're sons. But we now have a, a duty to uphold the will of the Father because we're sons, not because we're slaves and we're told to and we have to or whatever, but because we are heirs. We're wow. joint heirs of the kingdom of God. Wow. So because he is the Son of God, we are the sons of the living God through him because we put on Christ. And I'll tell you, Ryan, that's a powerful thing. You know, we got a discussion here. Discuss why it is so important to recognize that Yeshua is the Son of God and to be born again and saved. The references are John chapter 3, verse 3 and 16, and Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. I just want to say this in James 2, 19. Why is it so important to recognize Yeshua as the Son of God and to be, and to be born again and saved? Throw that in there. Uh, in James 2, 19, it says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Mm-hmm. So just like believing in God is one thing, but being born again or saved is another. And so why is it so important to recognize the Son of God? And and we can get into all of this because I've been reading up on some, some books about the, the love of the Father and the human spirit and some different things. It's very fascinating how simple it is, and but yet profound to the point of stopping and, and thinking about you cannot come to the Father except through the Son. That's right. You know, and it's just that simple that for God so loved the world. I mean, you know, and, and we just it, it's it's so nonchalant or whatever. But the, 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 the point is, is that God has proven his love for us mm. through his many holy attributes. And, he's and that when we were judge. yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's how he proved it, his this love is to like us. something that's so incredible. If you just stop and ponder it and think about it. I mean, if you're going to do any verse in a football stadium or at a sporting event, or throw any verse up in the air, it would have to be John three sixteen. You know, I, I was. I having, so, what if I did like a Leviticus? Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't go over like the clean and unclean meats. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, eat yeah, yeah, something yeah. that's yeah. not <laughs> that fish and Here's scales. Leviticus eleven. Hey, let's look that up. <laughs> but I like shellfish. Why is he doing that? Only if you're playing like the Razorbacks. Try to something. tell me what the Razorbacks. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, you're not going to eat the. But it's know, interesting what's hogs. happening. If you're going to make it count, make it count. Yeah, you know. uh it makes me think of, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. We went on to like, I was thinking about football teams. You see, the spirit of sports is upon me. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. Um, the uh, Where were we just a second ago? I'm, I did watch where that one wrestler for the United States, <laughs> the Russian guy, the, the guy called the Russian bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He took him out 13 minutes. He got one point and he won. He was yeah. an underdog. This guy was trying to set a record for wrestling. I got it. I remember but what anyway. I was going to say. So I was having a conversation with Thank a friend you. of mine who's not quite convinced right, of Christianity at this point. Really? And An associate. Yep, yep. And the question always comes up about, like, well, why this? Well, why that? You know, and, and we can come up with all, because we're talking about looking at the status of the world and asking these questions, which I understand. And I, I just look at people and I say, he literally came in the flesh and took the penalty for everything that you deserved and died in your place. Yeah. How much more do you want him to do? Honestly. What else do you want? Please tell me. Oh, Please yeah. tell me. He went all the way How for about you. Greek mythology? You appease that God yeah. so he don't hurt you. Exactly. And put the boot to you. I think, but this one loves you. I think human nature, and because of the fallen nature that we have in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I think people almost like that rat race mentality, right? Because there's so much freedom in Christ. People, it's, it's, and it's hard, to, it's hard to intellectually understand. You, have, you literally have to receive it as revelation from God. You can't just live it out. So then... When you look at it and you ask the question, well, what else would you want him to do? Like, seriously, like list the things. What else could he do? Okay, end hunger, end child cancer, end you know all of these. All of these things exist because of the fallen nature of man and because of sin. We put ourselves in this position. Yeah. So then we want to be like looking at God, like, well, what's this? Well, he's already made the path, right? And now in his mercy, he is allowing us to continue this process so that more people can be saved. That's his mercy that's doing that. And how about this? Well, you know, you don't want to really share your testimony or say too much because you don't want to offend people. Yeah. Well, here's, a, here's something to really think. Here's the clincher. 
God's asking us to stand up for our faith in Christianity yeah. and extend a hand to the Jewish people that practice Judaism, yep. their faith. And Judaism and Christianity is having dialogue and meeting and talking yep. and having an association, respecting one another. Right. So there's your faith. So yeah. what do we have to lose? But nothing. Yeah. We don't even have to hide our faith or, or, or disregard our faith no, or, or convert to Judaism. We don't do any of that. No. We, are, we are Christians. You know, don't be afraid to call yourself a Christian. We're believers. We're Christians. We're sons right. of God. We're daughters of God. There's certain words that people understand. I follow the Christ. I get it. That's the Greek version of the word, but that's where Christian comes from. Well, I, I follow I, Christ. I, I'll tell you where I'm at spiritually with the Lord. Yeah. I'll be. I mean, I'm. I, I'm trying to get better at this, but I want Him to be Lord of my life. Amen. And that's the area that I'm in right now. Okay, He is Lord, but is He Lord of my life? So, like, do I respond a certain way that's old Nick? Yeah. Or should I respond in a Christ-like manner? Right. Because if He's in me and I'm in Him, I should be acting differently. Yeah. And the thing is, Ryan, I'm learning. What am I filling myself up with? Yeah. What am I? Con- where are my connections? What am I connected to? And what am I filling myself up with? Yeah. That's just the bottom line. What are you filling yourself up with? You know. You know. Um, one last thing, uh, Mike Cromwell again. I. You know, it's funny. This past week, we didn't have as many people at Bible study, so me and Mike combined our groups. And I just love listening to the little nuggets that he. Oh comes yeah, up he's with. got a history of theologians Man, and he's just got pastors and. Oh yeah, so he, I think he goes all the way back to England. <laughs> Cromwell, cool. yeah, yeah. See, was, they just know it. it. They Thomas have like, Cromwell or something. It's like epigenetic. It's like passed down like through their their blood or something. But born again is a euphemism for adoption, which I thought that was interesting because that's it. We I was just talking about sonship. We are adopted as sons and daughters, ladies. Um, you know. We're adopted as children, and that comes with all the rights and responsibilities of native children, right? Natural children. So I love that when we look at being born again, we're born again into a new family because we're adopted as the sons of God. I just love that. We're all adopted. Yeah. So the power of adoption. So uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 through 20. I'll read that, then you take over. And I wrote it here, Upon This Rock. That's my little title for this. Yeah. Three verses. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should not tell any man that he was Jesus the Christ that he should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Yeah, wow. so clearly this is building on itself at this point. So you point. go ahead and take it from there. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So Number um, six. Yep, so it, clearly this is building on itself, right? Like as we're reading this, Yeshua is guiding very astutely the disciples into the points that he's trying to make, right? So this is. is This is, he's, he's a wise teacher. I mean, rabbi of rabbis, right? And so uh, we start out in verse 18, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter. Now, Peter, the word Peter, which um, maybe we get into this. Yeah, we do. Uh, Peter is the word Petros, which means rock yeah, or, you're, you're, you're or getting stone. That. This is a very interesting point right. here. And, and then he says, and upon this rock, which is a different word for Peter or for rock, um, I will build my ecclesia, right? So this word church is ecclesia. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So remember just a minute ago, I mentioned that that place at Mount Hermon where they used to toss the babies and they called it the gates of hell. Yeah. So he's in a, a geographical position where the people that are standing there with him understand at Caesarea Philippi, there's this place, right, where the headwaters of the Jordan are coming out and of this cave it, yeah. and, and mentioning that the gates of hell will not prevail. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. So the rock on which Yeshua would build his church has been identified as one of three possible things. Number one, Yeshua himself and his work of salvation by dying upon the cross. Number two, it could be Peter the first great leader of the church at Jerusalem, or number three, the confession of faith that Peter gave that all subsequent true believers would give. It seems most likely that the rock refers to Peter as the leader of the church. I agree that's, that's a possibility. I don't necessarily buy it based on the whole context, but I can see it. Well, it's almost like if Yeshua were saying, upon this rock I will build my church. Right, so he's you, saying, you're you, a rock. You could see that, but he's looking at Peter and saying... yeah. Now, we know that Peter knew he was the Christ. Yes. But he also, you know, gets rebuked later. Oh, yeah, like five minutes later, yeah. But what I'm saying <laughs> is that 
but but here's the interesting this point was brought out by a, another a pastor it's just this point and we'll just look at it that peter was the first one to preach a message yeah that's true of salvation yeah and three thousand were saved and baptized oh, so yeah. so there's something about him being this well, absolutely i don't want to because of his name yeah, i don't want to take anything away from peter but i i mean i mean he's really um it's kind of like in leadership, what, what, what Yeshua does. He says, I want you guys to watch me. Okay? And they watch him. Mm-hmm. That's point number one. Watch yeah. what I do. Then he says, come here, disciples. This is what I want you to do. I want you to come with me, and this is what we are going to do. Yeah. Me and you, this is what we're going to do this together now. I already showed you, number one, this is how you do it. Number two, you're going to do this with me. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Number three, he says, okay, now I'm going to watch you. Yeah. So by building Peter up, yeah. he's like elevating he's, him to- He's empowering him. To the first pope. Yeah, right. That's okay. married. The vicar, right? <clears throat> so, so the name Peter is the Greek word Petros, and it does mean rock. And so we got a different word here for the rock that Jesus is going to build the church on. So it's interesting. The word church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it means uh, a calling out, a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation, Jewish synagogue, or Christian community of members on earth, or saints in heaven, or both. Assembly, church. So think about it. You've been called out, Ryan. Yes. But what have you been called out to? To the Lord. To the Lord. To the work of the Lord. That's right. Not to yourself no. and your own ambition, your Not own self-centeredness, your Praise own selfishness. <laughs> oh, I've got, you know, I know what I'm going to do. Yep. This is about the kingdom of God. Yep. Wow. You know, okay, so I, I, I don't know. I, I look at this and I'm thinking to myself that um, that Yeshua is the rock and the message is the rock and Peter is the rock. I think maybe it's all three. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's definitely combined. Well, I think that that's one of the powerful things about the message of God, that when we read in the Torah, when we read in the rest of the prophets, that we can get multiple meanings out of the things. And it's like, yes, yes, and yes. You know, the answer is yes, because Yeshua is truth. So we're speaking <clears throat> All three truth. of these are good examples. Right. And Him, Peter, and us. Right. And <clears throat> Peter, and, Paul, and Mary. The mamas and the papas. The mamas and the papas. That's what Yeshai Fleischer says, the, the, the uh, Abraham uh, and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca and all them, you know, at the tomb of does? the matriarchs and patriarchs. He calls it the tomb of the mamas and the papas. <laughs> That's just correct. Sorry, I digress. Yes, you do. One other thing I want to mention about ecclesia, which is the Greek word used and translated as church, is there's another word that also means the same thing, and that's synagogue in Greek. And um, the synagogue is truly an assembly, right? But the ecclesia, I would consider to mean the called out assembly, right? So when you say synagogue, the revelation. It, it's a meeting place, it's a, uh, an assembly, a group of people. You could use that kind of generically, whereas ecclesia is more of a group of people, a sacred assembly, right? Right. And the ecclesia word is used in the Septuagint at Mount Sinai. And all throughout the Torah, when referring to the people that were becoming Israel, Right. So it only would make sense that they use the word ecclesia here not to mean some new entity that was born in the book of Acts called the church, so to speak. I think that that is a false understanding. Yeah, the church is not some new entity. Correct. It's the assembly of he's, God. He's always had uh, An the church. Right. Remember, that rock followed them in the wilderness. That's exactly where I'm at. First Corinthians 10. 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So that's a good way for us to say the rock is Christ, right? I was also thinking about this. Uh, You know, I may have said this before in the past, but Peter himself, right? He's called Petros. He's called Rock. Like, imagine if Dwayne Johnson— Imagine if Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right? You know, the famous movie star He could star just guy. turn his life around. Imagine if he got a revelation of Jesus Christ. Could you, I mean, The Rock, you know? And we could be like, this is the second coming of Peter. We'd all be wondering, like, is this Elijah? You know, is this, is this Peter? The Rock. That's a good point. It's a it good play a, on words. He would like that. I think he would laugh at that. I mean, he probably heard it before, I would think. But I always think of, of Peter as like a, a given name, like an English given name. But really, this Petros name is truly a nickname 
for Simon, right? It's it's Simon's nickname. Right. They called him the Rock, and I don't know why they called him the Rock. I don't know if he was stubborn. I don't know if he was tough. I think he was a pebble that grew up to Boulder. I don't know if he was a big, you know, big strong guy. Or, I'm or Peter. What the story I'm from was. Boulder, Colorado. Um, maybe all of the above, but uh, I think that that he had a nickname that they called him Peter. You know. What about number seven? All right, so <clears throat> number seven, is, which is uh, verse. Uh, number 19 here and it says and i will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven so it's what you permit and not permit so i want to give an example we bind dating mm. we loose betrothal hallelujah okay we bind pagan holidays yeah we loose God's feast, days. God's feast days. So there's a binding and a loosing. It's what you permit and what you don't permit. Right. So right. that's really what it's all about. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done yeah. on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. So that is the kingdom of God. That's yeah. the moral compass. Very good. So a more accurate translation of verse 19 from the Greek is, and I will give thee the keys of the kingdom of the heavens, and whatever thou shalt bind on the earth shall be as having been bound in the heavens. And this is from the wow. Hebrew Greek keyword study Bible. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend it. And, you know, to this point, I would like to mention that uh, when making a judicial decision, right? So if you're a judge, uh, judges don't just come up with arbitrary decisions, right? There's a system for their decision making. And one of those is to follow what's called precedent. And so they look at in these similar situations in the past, what has the court done? You know, what decisions has the court made? when similar variables were at play. That's good. And then repeat that over and over and over again in order to maintain what we call precedent. That's good. However, in this case, right, this binding and loosing is something where they're saying, hey, there might be some things, right, that you need to bind or loose, and we're going to support you. The kingdom of heaven has your back, you know? And I was trying to think of some examples of that, but you already gave some really good ones. Um and so the church is, uh, is representative of the body of believers here on earth, while the kingdom of the heavens is made up of both earthly and heavenly realms. The teaching here is that those things which are conclusively decided by God in the kingdom of heaven are emulated by the church on earth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, we talk about um, the things that Peter is binding and loosing, and, and I want to be very clear. I've heard some crazy teachings on this over the years. Um, binding and loosing, right, is done within the will of God. Yeah. Right? So when we become Christians and we receive the Holy Spirit, He's only truly giving authority to those who He can trust, right? And we're binding and loosing things on earth and in heaven. Right. That's a big, big sword to wield, you know? And I think that God only is <clears throat> making this applicable when we're within His That's will. That's true. So what did Yeshua charge His disciples? Did He charge them money? That they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Right, so mum's the word. Yeshua warned the disciples not to publicize Peter's confession because they did not fully understand the kind of Messiah he had come to be. He was not a military commander, but a a suffering servant. The disciples would have a difficult time understanding that Yeshua came to do what Yeshua came to do until his earthly mission was complete. See, the Messiah was like a mosaic of yeah. prophecies. Right. Take this prophecy, take that prophecy. That's why the Jews missed the Messiah. Correct. And that's why Satan missed the Messiah as well for what, for what he did, because you have to take this mosaic of Messianic prophecies and put them together to tell the story. Well, you remember I, I mentioned well, you, earlier it makes sense now. the idea of cafeteria Christianity, where we take a little bit of this, but we don't want this, you know. I remember Morrison's cafeteria. Yeah. That but was great. Golden Corral, you know. But people, but this is how people are, though. They... They look at it and they say, well, I believe this, but like this whole thing about betrothal, right? Not dating or not being able to, you know, uh, be intimate before marriage. You know, these things, people are like, ah, I don't believe that. That's silly. You know, they, they, they become their own God, right? Deciding for themselves what's good and what's evil or whatever. And so we really can't fall into that whole cafeteria Christianity. We need to just believe, just believe, right? That's it. So we're not going to read any more, but this is going to be uh, Yeshua must die. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 28. We're not going to read that. We'll go right into it. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Wow. The disciples still didn't grasp Yeshua's true purpose because of their preconceived notions about what the Messiah should be. 
This is the first of three times that Yeshua predicted his own death. Mm. Matthew 17, verses 22 to 23. Matthew chapter 20, verse 18, which is coming up. These are all coming up. And so once again, they didn't grasp this. And, uh, and so who was it that rebuked Yeshua and said, Be it far from the Lord, this shall not be. Uh, it was Peter. None other than Peter's like, yeah, the great revel the revelator. Yeah, the rock, the first pope. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, think about it. So all of a sudden now he's up here and he's down here. Boy, that's a picture for all of us. Boy, that's a lesson to be learned. Yep. We could do so good and be all, you know, we beat the prophets of Baal. Then we're running for, then we're running for our life from Jezebel, you know. I, I want to say this real quick because it just kind of occurred to me. Do we really believe that the Lord himself is building his, his church on something other than himself. I know. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, he's the chief cornerstone. Now, it would have been audacious for a disciple to correct his master. Absolutely. Let alone rebuke him. You know, Peter, like most of his fellow Jews, resisted the idea that the Messiah must suffer, yeah. even though it is found in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. We have Psalm 22, Isaiah 53. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, and then, of course, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, uh, about the Messiah must suffer. Uh, it's a Messiah ben Yosef, the suffering servant, the suffering Messiah. Then a Messiah ben David is one who comes to rule and reign. Was it Michael Heiser that we listened to? Michael, By the way, Michael Heiser has some great stuff about Mount Hermon. Uh, oh, I know somebody called me and they said that they ordered two books about Mount Hermon for me, one for me and one for them. Oh, there you go. I got a call yesterday. Uh, Derek Gilbert also has some good books on Mount Hermon. So that's two two authors that have good stuff. But Derek Mike, Gilbert and Dr. Michael Heiser. Both of them, yeah. Wow. And so then, uh, but also Michael Heiser, I believe, uh, has some good stuff. What were we just reading? We were just on, uh, oh, on Messiah, Son of Joseph. Yeah. It was him who interviewed the Irish guy or the Scottish guy, right? Yeah. The, the, I think it was Scottish. The, I think it was Scottish. Theologian. And what an awesome podcast that was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, just putting together all the Messiah, Son of Joseph stuff. Because we, we just look at his suffering servant, and then we kind of just take that at face value. And but like, it's all throughout. Oh, my gosh. There's so much. And but we Joshua, don't want to suffer, Ryan. And, and, you know, the other thing is Joshua. I'm allergic to pain. Joshua, who has the namesake of Yeshua, right? We, we don't put the two together. Yeah. We don't think of him as son of Joseph. We think of him as Joshua, like his own character or his own person so in the Bible. So think the leadership goes from the Levite to Ephraim. Which is Joseph. Which is Joseph. Yeah. Joshua. So, but he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. That's right. You know, uh, in Yeshua's wilderness temptations... Yeshua heard the message that he could achieve greatness without dying. Mm -hmm. Matthew 4, 9. Um, uh, this is the temptation. Here, Peter presented the same message. Peter had just recognized Yeshua as the Messiah. However, he missed God's perspective and evaluated the situation from a human one. Yeah. Satan is always trying to get us to leave God out of the picture. Good point. So think about this, Ryan. Think about all these prophecies about the two houses coming back together. Yeah. The northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, Ephraim and Judah. This is God's purpose. This is his plan. But people don't understand it, and they just don't get it. No, I agree. Are you going into Judaism? No. <laughs> Why would you have... How about, yes, biblical Judaism. Yeah, but how the same would, one know, that Yeshua did. How could you have you know somebody here in the pulpit that doesn't have Jesus? I'm like, think about your family or your coworkers. They don't have Jesus. Yeah. So, so this is where you know we got to be careful that we don't miss him the second time. Yeshua. This is true. Um, so, so Peter's intentions are not God's intentions. No, of that's not. question number eleven. So the the verse, Peter's intentions are not God's intentions. So I have to have God's intentions. And that's why the 10 spies died of a plague from God. It right. didn't come from a Chinese lab. Yeah. It wasn't bat soup. Right. He took them out. It says he, they died of a plague because they altered God's purpose. That's right. So there's a principle here about the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua. If there was another way to do it, they would have done it. Right? That's if, there was, true. if there was another way to save humanity from themselves, interesting. Other than him having to literally come be tortured beyond torture, right? And die. If there was another way, he would have done it. But he, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. Okay. So Because I got a thought that just came into my mind, but go ahead. Keep it. I wanna, I wanna, keep it. Make I a wanna, note so you don't lose no, it. No, I'm not going to lose it. So 
Peter is looking at this again, like you mentioned, through the eyes of the natural world and not understanding that there is not another way. He's thinking that you're going to be a military ruler and we're going to build an army and then we're going to go and slash Messiah Ben he- David. Yeah, slash some heads Conquering or whatever. And I always kind of wondered about this whole get thee behind me, Satan, but I found it. I found it. You ready? You ready? Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And this is where Yeshua is up on the mountain in the wilderness. And it says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. So remember, he was going to be the Did Messiah. You say 8 through 10? 8 through 10. And remember, we quoted, we, we got Matthew 4, 9 as a reference. Do we really? Yeah, because right here, in Yeshua's wilderness temptations, ah. Yeshua heard the message that he could achieve greatness without dying. Correct. You're right. But, but, but go ahead and read it. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. But what did he say? So all the other times he says it is written, right? Yeah. Right? What does he say this time? He says, away with you, Satan. Which is, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, right? Beat it, kid. Yeah. For it is written, you, will, uh, you shall worship the Lord God and him only you shall serve. Um, and it says the devil left. But this is, I, I, I boom, the contrast, or the, uh, not the contrast, the similarity there, the parallel was there. Because it, this is the only time that he says, you know, uh, away with you, Satan. Whereas all the other times he just responds with it. What written. about the Lord being rebuked by the angel Michael? The Lord rebuked you. Remember uh, in Jude about yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. body of Moses, the right. dispute over the body of Moses. The Lord rebuked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> So I'm telling dad. So I'm telling yeah, dad. Yeah, I'm telling dad. Dad. I just, I found this interesting, you know, because I think that people were like, well, just a second ago, he was like on top of the world. Now we're going to build the church on the rock, Peter. Yeah. And now he's been rebuked, you know, in within a couple of verses, you know, right. um, and called Satan, which, you know, people take that very seriously, obviously. But I think the point is, is that we have to align ourselves with God. And sometimes, even though we may think we have good intentions, my dad always said when I was a kid, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, you know? And so and we, there's good ideas and there's God ideas. God ideas. We have to stick with God's ideas. That's good. Uh, moving on here, it's, it's all building up to something. Mm-hmm. And as you put the pieces together, you can apply it to your life, and we'll do that. Yeah. Um, looking at this, it says that, uh, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So here's the deal. This is the thought that crossed my mind to, to, to understand my Heavenly Father because I'm learning to know His ways and to love Him yeah. as my, my Heavenly Father. So God creates us in His image, and we mess up. Mm. So He's so holy, He's so pure, He's so good that He can never, ever go against Himself. Right. So He has to come in the flesh right. and die for us because of His attributes. Yeah. Agreed. You know, and so I I would just say that to take up your cross and follow me. The person who rejects God's will. Well, let me let me let me let me look at this. When Yeshua used this picture of his followers taking up their crosses to follow him, the disciples knew what he meant. Crucifixion was a common Roman method of execution and condemned criminals had to carry their crosses through the streets to the execution site. Mm. So he's telling them in advance, take up your cross. Uh, this is Matthew 16, 24. Uh, and so once again, he's telling you to take up your cross. You're going to have to suffer. The person who rejects God's will and instead pursues his own will for his life ultimately loses eternally every earthly good he is trying to protect. Mm-hmm. So here we have this, this being played out. Notice it's building up, Brian. It's building up to, hey, who do people say that I am? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hey, Peter, who do you say that I am? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? You win. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Because because of that, I can be the chief cornerstone, and you can be, you know, the rock that's built upon me, and where it's going to be called the church, those that are called out, ecclesia, and I'm going to be the cornerstone. And man, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is what this is. Hey, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. And and then he gets into this. Hey, but you know what? I'm going to suffer, die, and be buried. All right. Now they're bringing everything to another. Like, wait, what? 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 No, no, no. no, no. That's what we did. So, so he had to turn it around and say, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh. And by the way, you're going to take up your cross too. Mm. Now, no, I'm not letting you take the cross. Mm. I'm sure as heck not taking this cross. Yeah. No one's taking the cross. Okay. We know what <laughs> no the wrong is. That is not in the Torah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, except for curses, any man that hangs on a tree. Right. Even crucifixion wasn't a prophecy. What a cruel way to die. I mean, think about this, though. The goodness of God and how he created us and how good he is, and yet the ability for us to have to suffer the worst suffering you could ever imagine to a human body yeah. by flogging and piercing and spitting and ripping the beard and hitting with a rod. I mean, that's how bad sin is. The wages of <laughs> sin is death. So, so this is what he's saying. So the person who rejects God's will... Once again, we said this, instead pursues his own will for his life, ultimately loses eternally every earthly good he is trying to protect. I already read that, but I'm saying that, think about it. So he goes into, and he's like saying this now, okay, go do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Ooh. Okay. So, so he's like saying, listen, hmm. if you want to do it your way, that's all you're going to show. That's all you're going to have. But what if you take up your cross and follow me and I'm the chief cornerstone and, you, and, and the gates of hell will not prevail, you know, yeah. uh, when we don't know Yeshua, we make choices as though there were no afterlife. Ugh. In reality, the life we live now is just the introduction to eternity that's a truth we all need to like now, wake now, up and remember every day i want you to give an example quickly here you were telling me mm -hmm. about this example that the power of influence in the world okay you don't have jesus you, you're just looking for trends you're looking yeah, yeah. for something to do bring out this point that you shared with me that was very yeah. very interesting i mean this is this is hmm. what we just discovered is pretty extreme hey yeah. take up your cross yeah. and die to yourself and follow me yep. i mean that's total abandonment there's nothing in it for you at that point to say, but hey, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to be selfish. So first I would like to preface this with, I don't think anybody picking up a trend from social media no. is, is bad in it's and just, of itself. It's just the power of influence. Though. But I, I, I would like you know. to express that I don't have a TikTok account. I never have. Um, I think it's just because I'm, maybe I'm too old to have a TikTok account or, or something like that. But um, I'm familiar with TikTok because of you know Instagram and Facebook Reels and all that. So I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Chicago yesterday, and I'm at uh, Portillo's, which is um, like a famous, you know. We have one in Brandon. We do now, yeah. Chicago hot dog and steak sandwich, you know, place or whatever. Uh, and I'm standing in line, and over time while walking through the streets, the, streets, the streets of Chicago, I had noticed these women that were wearing um, – a sweatshirt in the summertime well yes in the summertime which chicago i mean it's not like hot hot but it's 80 degrees and it's just a dry 80 so it wasn't as bad uh, as it is we're in tampa bay and it's very humid here um so you feel every degree every single one of them <laughs> so anyways, they have these this sweatshirt over their shoulders you know which would be the normal thing and you tie it you know that look or whatever well now they've got this thing where they do it diagonally like under one arm over one shoulder and then they tie it diagonally and they have a tank top on and shorts, right? So shorts, tank top, and a sweatshirt, solid colored, tied diagonally. And so I saw somebody wearing, I saw it, I was like, oh, that must be like the new trend or whatever, new, the new thing, you know? I kid you not, I'm in Port Portillo's and I see four young women, all four of them, not together. This is not like they're like together and like their little fashion group. This is, okay, so there's some that were together, but four separate instances where they're do wearing this thing. And so I'm talking and one of the people that I was with was like, oh yeah, that's a TikTok trend. So these people are like walking around, they don't know each other and they're all wearing, and I tell you, almost like school uniform, eerily similar, white tank top, shorts, that are, that are like solid colored. So it's the power of influence and it's a trend. And the shorts match the sweatshirt. It's a trend. Right? Oh yeah. The shorts match you the sweatshirt. You saw the trend in and Chicago. I, and I noticed it and I was like, and it was just weird did to see Did you see it, it anywhere else? Oh, just, all over the streets. But you did see it? But it, it was weird because it all kind of came to a head at Portillo's where there was four And then you people. were like thinking back, I saw this. I saw this already, okay. yeah. Because I was like, well, because it's weird, right? I mean, if people put a shoulder, they put it okay. over their shoulders. Let, let, let me ask you this one question. Did you see anybody carrying a piece of wood on their shoulders in Chicago? No. No, I didn't even see any street preachers, which I was a little disappointed with that. No lumber yards? No. Wow. No, I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the status of Chicago, spiritually, from walking the streets, I was grieved. It was not wow. good. Um, the people Something to pray are about. visibly lost. Something to really, really pray uh, about. I prayed like... The major cities, almost the whole time. <clears throat> um, what would you what would you consider Brandon? Is this urban? 
No, this is no? suburban. This is suburban. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, there's urban, suburban, and then what else is but there? But like from the airport, the train stations, which Metropolis. I don't even tell you what happened to me at the train station. No. <laughs> um, just the amount of people. And I, I got to say, I mean, there was a ton of people that just, you know, I mean, walking around the streets of Chicago smoking pot, which was a little strange. I mean, just it, it was just... I'm just telling you the people are coping is what they're doing. They they don't have Yeshua, right? And so they are looking for other means. And you can and a lot of them you can see it, right? You could see this whatever it is that they're seeking or going after, which we can all do that. But like Chicago being an old urban city, uh, there's there's strongholds, right? You there's principalities that are over these places. And yeah. there is a strong principality over Chicago. I have no doubt about that. Um, and it's not good, and the people are affected. And I wonder if there's any powerful churches in Chicago. I bet there is, and I don't want to take anything I'm just, away just, from. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think. But Chicago I'm sure there is. Condemned. I Who's think, making a difference in Chicago? I think it's sick. I think Chicago is very sick. It's 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 got issues. Um, and I've been to other cities. I've been all over the country. You know, airports and this. I would say Chicago was my least favorite experience going through an airport train stations oh boy because you know, it's kind of neat you're from brandon florida we don't have any of that stuff here we have the nicest airport in the country for i think it's one of the top 10 oh it's absolutely i don't know what we'll to see i like i'll take tampa airport. and they've done some good remodeling too tampa airport tia tampa international airport don't get it it's mixed nice. up with the st pete clearwater airport yeah yeah which is across the bay it is but the tampa airport is nice really accessible compared now. to these other places but chicago is probably one of the so worst. let's do let's do number 14 ryan We're, we'll let you bring it home all right, so for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall reward every man according to his works. That's See, Matthew I mean, what an awesome plan. So here it is. 27. Think about this, Ryan. This is like the climax of oh, this portion. By far. Absolutely. I'm glad I didn't break it up any more than what I did, because now you can put the pieces together. Sure. So it's almost like saying, okay, Ryan, you'll be my, uh, I'm going to interview you. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to interview you based upon this portion just so we can bring it home. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, Ryan. Um, have you heard about Yeshua and, and have you heard different things about him? Absolutely. From other people? Oh, for sure. What, what is he to you? He is the Christ, the son of the living God. Really? He's the Messiah. Do you know that the gates of hell will not prevail against you? Amen. I received because it. you you received that revelation by faith. I so the it. gates of hell are not going to prevail against you because oh, you've been no. called out. That's right. Right. Yeah. You've been called out. I have been. So called let out. me ask you a question: Are you willing to take up your cross? Absolutely. And follow him based on this. See, I have no choice at this point. I've been. But given... you're willing to take up your cross. Absolutely. Okay, because I'm going to. You know, Yeshua says I'm going to su- be you know suffer, die, and be buried, and then you know I'm going to rise again. But I'll tell you what. But I want you to take up your cross. So you're going to do that for me. I'm in the position at this point where to to lose is gain. So listen, you're justified by the finished work of the cross, but let me ask you this. Now that you're justified and you're being sanctified, yes. just give me a few examples of some works now that you're doing based upon the justification of the cross. Well, pa- what, what, what are some of the works that you're doing every day in your life that you could say, hey, I'm doing these works yeah. because I believe and, 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 and now I get to do my part. Yeah, I feel like what I've been called examples? to discipleship. Um, discipleship? I have a heart for men, especially men my age. Um or, and and maybe a younger to to help them you know walk through the process of, of mulling over you know the Lord and, and the concepts that are in the Bible and what is the Bible and who is Yeshua and all these things. Um, this podcast, what a blessing it is that I have an outlet to to talk about the Lord. I think this to, is a work. Uh, absolutely. Um, my my wife and I uh, are leading our home and our children in the best way that we can, following the Lord and teaching our children. That's good. Uh, coming to Beit Tehillah as a congregation. I mean, we're here. So share lot. the bullet point, Ryan, in, in regards to what you're doing that everybody else can do as well and because is, it's so important. And I'm going to stand on this promise right here. Buddy. I know. It this says is Yeshua so is going to reward every man according oh, to his works. Oh, man. And it's funny. Even though I list all oh, that stuff that man. I do, when I hear that, I'm like, I got to get busy. I need to do more. No. Amen. <laughs> you know I mean? know. So we are justified by the finished work of the cross, thanks to Yeshua. But now we are being sanctified to do good works. It even says that... The works, right? Oh. That he's laid them before us in advance and and, pr- and primed the pump for us to do these things. So those that are listening to the podcast. He's throwing us a softball. Just give those give those addresses, yeah. those, those those scriptures. So it's Job 34, 11, yeah. Psalm 62, 12, yeah. Proverbs 24, 12, yeah. 
Jeremiah 17.10, and yeah. Jeremiah 32.19, yeah. Romans 2.6, yeah. 1 Peter 1.17, yeah. Revolution, Revolution, Revelation 2.23, and Revelation 22.12. Yeah. And there's pandemonium! Yay! <laughs> the crowd goes wild. I'm telling you, boy, I tell you, why can't there be an incentive? Oh, I'm in it. Come on. I'm in it to it, win it. He said it. Hey, what is it we say? He May said it. the best man win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I want to be that man. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to beat myself. Listen, I know that some people say like, oh, if I could just like clean the floors in heaven, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I don't agree with that. Okay. Because well, I want to, but, but remember glass floors, it's grace that gets us in the door. It's grace that keeps us in the door. I heard that from uh, that's what, pastor Andy Wood said that Dan shock sent me a video of him and, and that's where that comes from. But I'm going for like the house next door to Yeshua. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm going for like I, at least across the street. Like I want like our kids to play in the yard can together. You imagine that. You know what I mean? And I want to like have how dinner close, together. How close can we be? I want to be standing in the driveway just talking. You know, like I want to be like intimate neighbors with Yeshua. That's what I'm All going right. for. Number fifteen. We're gonna finish it up here. Sorry, we're doing good. All right, you so got an appointment. So yeah. So so chapter sixteen, verse twenty-eight. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, because all the disciples died before Yeshua's return, many believe that Yeshua's words were fulfilled at the transfiguration when Peter, James, and John saw his glory. I have one more thing to contend to yeah. that. John writes the, the Revelation. Yeah, he does write the Revelation. And sees. He sees. Yeshua at the right hand of the Father. But not physically coming back. Some sitting here to see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Okay, maybe. All right. But he but saw But see, it. that's the thing. But he yeah. saw it, and she, he described it. Yeah, he was brought up to see something, yeah. a revelation. Which is, you know, and this is interesting. So so this will be fulfilled in the next chapter to some degree. I, I mean, agree. The, yeah, it's yeah. called the Mount of Transfiguration. Yep, 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 yep. So what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 28, Ryan? You go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I go first. Yeah, you okay. go first. Okay, I just have two things here because there's only two things needed. Based upon the consensus of myself, <laughs> who is Yeshua to you? Yes. I say he's the Redeemer, the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God. I believe that he is God. He's the door. He's a, yeah. he's, he's, he's a lot. Number one, who is Yeshua to you? That's a good question. We all have to ask that and answer it. Number two, I love this. The gates of hell will not prevail against the called out ones. We prevail against you, gates of hell, the powers of influence, because Yeshua is the door. He's the gate. Yeah. So so I would say that the gates of hell will not prevail against the called out ones. Even myself and my circumstances, I will prevail. Amen. So my first one is, I know that at this time in this passage that Yeshua tells the disciples not to tell who he is. Okay. But that was then and this is now. <laughs> right? That's true. So we are now given a commission. Yea, a great commission to go and tell the world who he is he is the messiah he is the son of the living god and the promise is given to us that we because of that become the sons of the living god just like it's promised in hosea which i love that and the second point would just be that he is sitting at the right hand of the father that he's in glory right now and that all of those things that the jewish leaders at the time thought were going to happen are happening as we speak that's good. And that when he comes back, there will be no choice but to bow, right? There'll be, because every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. You know, how close are we? You don't want to be like those that died in the, the plague of the you know Baal Peor, 24,000, a chosen generation. Hey, you're going to go into the land. And they blew it because oh, yeah. of sexual immorality that led to idolatry. Because that's, that's right. what idolatry is, sexual immorality. The golden calf incident, it was idolatry that turned into sexual immorality. Yeah. Exodus 32. But now you look at the, the, the Baal Peor situation, that circumstance of 24,000 people dying of a plague because they went into sexual immorality, which le leads them to idolatry. That's right. And that's what we're seeing today in the world. Yep. The occult and sexual immorality, which equals idolatry. And, and, and he hates idolatry. And an absolute. Because you're worshiping demons. Identity crisis. Oh. An absolute identity crisis. All right, you can close this out. Lord Jesus, come. We need you. We need you now more than ever. We look at the, the status of the world and like the prophet Habakkuk, we're just like, how long are our eyes going to see these things, Lord? But we know that you have seen everything, every, every good, bad, and ugly thing that, that every man, woman, and child has ever done. 
that your presence abounds in the earth and that you are everywhere. And so we just pray, Lord, for mercy over the earth. We pray for mercy over people, God. We pray that that people will will, uh, will receive your word, your truth, that people will no longer be resistant to it, God, and that you'll send laborers into the field, Father, because the truly, truly the fields are ripe for harvest, God. And so we just pray right now, Lord, that you would put laborers out in the field, that people would be compelled, the people of faith would be compelled to express their faith. And we just pray this in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, from the time of Tammu 17 oh, yeah. to the ninth of Av, is called the three weeks of affliction. So be praying and interceding for You know, I didn't Jerusalem put that together well. until just now, that it's three weeks of affliction. And while I was in Chicago, I saw the affliction. A- affliction. Yeah. I witnessed it. So praise God. All right. If you guys want to reach out to me, you can uh, comment on any of our social media stuff. And then you can also um, email me at ryan at Uh We love you. Bless you. Have a great week.